Welcome back, guys, to another episode of The Winner's Circle, a podcast brought to you by Grande Sports Training, where we dive deep into the mindset of professional soccer players. Today's special guest is Colorado Springs Switchbacks football club player, Ronnie Argueta. Ronnie, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing well, Miguel. Thanks for having me on, bro. Yeah, of course. Thank you for joining. So how are things over in Colorado with this whole quarantine thing happening? Um, things are slowly, uh, but surely, uh, getting back to normal. We're still, uh, still kind of in that process right now. Um, but I mean, we're all, we're all living it together, man. It's a, it's a worldwide thing. And so, um, we're all experiencing the same thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Have you guys uh, started training yet with uh, Colorado? We have. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, we have, uh, we're currently training in, in groups of four, um, which is which is not the same, you know, as having the entire squad out there. But it's it's something. It's um it's still a blessing for sure. With everybody living through this quarantine thing, it's been difficult to keep a schedule. How was that for you? How did you adjust to the to the quarantine in terms of staying fit, staying sharp? Great question, man. Um, so at first, at first it was definitely a struggle. Um, you know, trying to get used to a new routine and, and just trying to trying to figure the plan out, you know? So we had our coaches, the coaching staff send out workouts. Um, and daily we were, we we're in constant communication, um, making sure that we were somehow staying fit. Again, we were, uh, unable to, to replicate a proper team training session replicate a proper you know game it was it was difficult in that sense but um just staying positive through it all really yeah I feel like you know when everything started it's kind of like quarantine brought you back to your roots you know when you were a kid just playing out in the street just you and the ball going on runs or inventing yeah. stuff you know was that yeah. was that something yeah. that you did bro yeah you you hit that spot on and yeah it definitely brought brought everything back into perspective um because i you know i think just in general this whole situation has made us all realize that you know we we take those daily things for granted you know even just having a job having a, a gym to go to to work out um you know we take we take all that for granted but um it's definitely been a an eye-opening situation in that sense so with that, yeah, with that being said, you know, being brought back to to that childhood memories. When did you first start playing? When was what's your earliest memory of you touching a soccer ball? So I was six years old when I first like experienced that feeling of a of a football on my foot, and since that moment, I just I couldn't get enough of it. Like I I couldn't I couldn't stop, um, and I was just like just play around with it, you know? And I remember, I remember when I started trying to juggle, obviously it was like, it was super hard, but it was kind of like, I was like figuring out, okay, how can I keep this ball up? Like, you know, and just playing with it, playing with it. But yeah, that's, I, I first touched the football um, at six and then played, played organized soccer uh, football when I was eight. Uh, and that was kind of like, it was like, a, it was like adult league for kids pretty much <laughs> like 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 Sunday league Sunday league for kids you know 
And how yeah. was that? How was that first experience? You know, getting inside a team, being around Man. teammates. Did you grow up watching soccer? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I grew up watching mainly Mexican Mexican soccer. But so when I first started playing uh, organized soccer, it was. So like these teams again, it was like it was Sunday league for kids. It wasn't like it wasn't academies that you have nowadays or like big clubs. Um, so it was like you you learn like you learn through experience and like you learn just kind of like on your own. You didn't have a you didn't have like proper coaches telling you, hey man, like uh, receive with your back foot, you know, and like just like the little details and the nuances of the game. Um, and so I remember. <laughs> I remember uh, I was in a tagging player. I think I was like playing as a striker and I was like, I, I kept getting caught offside, you know? And then there was times where like, I would mess up the play. Like uh, one of my teammates was like, the ball was going in through his shot. And then I would go and like tap it in, but I was offside. And I was like, and then the referee kept calling me offside and I, under, I didn't understand like what was going on, you know? Um, so like, you know, I, I was just learning through experience. And, and so, um, yeah, just looking back, it's, it's like, it's, it's funny now. <laughs> at, that, at that age, you're just trying to have fun. You're just trying to score as many goals as you can. Because I yeah. feel like as a kid, you're either that, that player that wants to score all the goals or you want to be a goalie and, you know, diving and blocking shots is, is cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, who, I agree. Who would you say was the most, the person that introduced soccer to you? Uh, so my older brother, uh, Eddie, he, it was because of him really that, um, I got into it and he, he, yeah, he was definitely a big influence and, and just like the, to my like favorite clubs. Um, so I'm a Real Madrid fan and growing up, like he, we were big Chivas fans, um, from Mexico. And so just a little background, my family's from Honduras, but again we grew up playing we grew up watching a lot of uh mexican football yeah he's he's definitely been like that that and he's he's been my father figure too um because my father wasn't around um while i was growing up so he's been the one that just kept me in line and just kept me kept me in check you know do you think that had a big impact on you as a kid growing up not having uh your father around yeah de definitely it, it that was kind of like more of like a like a mental thing um because it, it like i felt like it pushed me it pushed me a little bit more um with everything that i would do i don't know how to explain it but it's just like i always had that fire you know i always had that like man like i don't like my dad's not around so i got to i got to make things happen you know and like it's that came like that's been since i was a kid it's it's it's, it's weird to to explain when did you first notice that you had that fire in you? Because I know a lot of players, you know, they grow up with similar stories. And then there comes a point in their life, maybe, you know, 12, 13, 14, that they're just like, you know, they have to mature up quickly. They got to mature and they just got to do things on their own, be their own motivator. When did you yeah. realize that? At what age do you think? Man, I think, I think it was since... I was in elementary, maybe at like, like eight, eight years old, because I I remember I was I was very like I was very like individual, like uh like I I kind of just again I learned 
through experience and, and it was kind of like on my own because um since my dad wasn't around um uh, my mom was at work pretty much all day and then she she'd be the she'd be the one like hey you know just walk to school you know walk to school you'll be okay like and so it was just again through experience and just and then doing it alone you know that i was just kind of like just navigating through and 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 figuring things out you know you've said that word uh that little phrase uh a couple of times i live in living the experience going through with the experience and i mm -hmm. feel that's super important not only as a player but as a person too going through certain experiences shape you into Definitely. the person that you are today you know what i mean so would you, would you say like you know after your elementary school phase you get into middle school high school now you've gone through these experiences alone you felt that you're you know your own your best friend your own best friend and you're just pushing yourself mm. to get over those humps and those obstacles in your life how mm. did you transition now from being a kid into being a young adult in in terms of as a man as a person and then in the soccer world how did you deal with that transition because now you have yeah. other outside influences you know what i mean right right you a teenager yeah. you, you have all those other outside influences that you know if you don't go down the right path, something yeah. might happen. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I did have mess ups. I did, I did commit a lot of mistakes, but it was also those bad experiences that, um, that kind of, you know, kept, kept me in, in the right path. If, if I can say, because it was like, you know, I would mess up with just anything and, and it wouldn't feel right. It wouldn't feel good. It like, you know, I, I would tell myself, like, this can't be good for me in the future. So um, just living through them, like, things things didn't feel right, um, you know, emotionally, mentally. Um, so those bad experiences also kind of, you know, put me in the right path. And, and again, I did have – I'm thankful that I did have uh, good good mentors and, and people that really cared. Uh, my older brother, again, he he was always there. And when I would, when I would mess up, he would – he would, he would get on me, you know, my mom was, my mom was super strict growing up, uh, making sure I did well in school. And, and, and that was that for her, that was like the priority, you know, you have to do well in school and hopefully get to college and, and, and get a good job. And, and, you know, that's, that, that's like, that's been like the traditional mentality of, of our parents, you know? And so again, I'm, I'm very thankful for all that because that that's um taught me a lot about discipline self-discipline and 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 all the all the little details for for uh for success sounds like you know those experiences definitely shaped you into the person that you are today and you know thankfully a lot of those experiences that we have in our life you can transition them to the field in certain ways right no, so when, no. when you were a teenager how did you apply those lessons in life on the field like when did you realize that i'm I'm a good soccer player i think i want to do this to be honest with you what what has kept me in the game is is the love and the passion for it again there's there's been like everything there's been a lot of ups and downs and you know good times and bad times within soccer, within football. But what's really kept me going and 
and wanting to continue to pursue it is just the love and the passion that I have for the game. Uh, again, the game does teach us a lot about life. You know, there's a lot of aspects that uh, within the game just teaches you about life in general. And so, and I continue, I continue to learn just through, through the game about, about life. And so that's just, just it's a, uh, I don't know. To me, it's it's a super beautiful thing. You're 100% right. If you're doing things without love and passion for it, eventually you're going to burn out. And it's super important. you got to be fully invested in it first before yes. even thinking about the next step. Because if you think about the next step and you're not fully invested in what you want to do and, and make sure this is what you want to do because you love mm. it and you're passionate about it, chances are it's not going to go the way you want it to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and that's, yeah, you're right. You're right, and that's what it, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, that's that's what it comes down to. But this applies to any industry, anything that you do. Anything, yeah. Yeah, so when you, you know, played in high school, did you play for high school, or did you, were you playing club at the time? Growing up, it was, it was Sunday league for kids, um, and then from there, I, I went and played. I would play in, uh, and my school teams in elementary play like they had like little cups, little tournaments that, that we could play. So I would do that. And I would play like out in the street, like anywhere where I could play, anywhere where I could just kick the, kick the ball. And, 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 you know, anywhere where I saw footy, I would go. And so from there, I, yeah, I played middle school and then I played high school. Um, so I played, I played three years varsity uh, in high school, uh, made the varsity team sophomore. Freshman year, played frost off, and then from there, played varsity three years. And uh, in high school, I did, I did really well academically. So thankfully, I was able to get – I got two offers, one to go to UC Irvine and then one to go to – UC Santa Barbara, but they were both uh, academic scholarships. Um, so out of high school, I didn't get any offers to go play college ball anywhere. And so I decided to attend uh, UC Santa Barbara. And the the main reason why I decided to go there was because I wanted to walk on the soccer team. I wanted to walk on the the, the their D1 program. And this was because I, I, I went, did a campus visit and um, checked out their their stadium and their facility. And like everything was just like, it was like a dream, you know? Um, so I'm like, man, like I, I really want to play here and I don't really care what I'm studying. Um, so I, I ended up studying mechanical engineering, but like that was like the last thing I was thinking about. <laughs> I was just thinking about... Um, making that team and, and hopefully walking on the team. And when you made that jump to UC Santa Barbara, was mm-hmm. it, it was obviously clear that you wanted to play for the team. Yeah. But was that always one of your goals throughout high school, playing college ball? Uh, yeah, it was, you know what? It, it's weird because it was, it wasn't my goal just because I didn't, I didn't know any better. I didn't know any better. I didn't know like, the level was like again growing up i didn't have anyone around that was like hey man look you know you're going to go to high school you're going to tear it up in high school 
um, or you know what, we're going to put you in a, in a, not in a big club. And so you can develop properly. And, and then from there, we're going to get you into a good D1 program. And, and, and then we're going to draft you into the MLS. Like I didn't, I didn't know all that. Like, you know, my brother didn't know that my mom didn't know that. And so to me, everything again, as it came, that's how we found out, you know, and, and if, and if it didn't come, then we, we, we didn't learn and we didn't know any better, but uh, the thing was always just, just doing the best with, with, with what we had. And, and, but yeah, that was, that was my experience. I did have, I did have uh childhood friends, like guys that I grew up with. Um, so one of them played for one of the big clubs in, in our, in our uh, like County Pateadores Pateadores, and then another friend of mine uh, played for Irvine Strikers. So those those were the two big clubs um, in the area that we grew up. And um, I actually got the opportunity to go train with with my buddy who played for Pats. Um, and uh, you know, I, I felt I felt the difference, like the level, so much higher. Um, obviously, better players, and. Um, uh, like at the, obviously at the moment, you know, I felt like I, I wasn't good enough. Uh, one, my mom couldn't afford it. Two, I wasn't good enough because obviously, if if you're good, there's sponsorships. They'll pay for for the fees, the club fees, and just you know, make sure you you you're on a good team. But um, yeah, that that was like that was my experience, you know, as as a childhood. That's crazy because I, I feel like a lot of players can relate to your story. And that's why one of the main reasons I do what I do. Because mm. same thing as you growing up, I didn't really have somebody that could guide me in the right direction. So I did all my research. And now mm. that I've been through it all, you know, mm. this is why I love having players that have different routes to the professional game on this show. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, but again, it's how you listening from so far from your story it's how you grew up like you learned everything through experience whether mm -hmm. it was good whether it was bad mm -hmm. so you show up to uh uc santa barbara yeah see the facilities you want to yeah. play ball you're like man this is like a dream come true mm -hmm. how how did that play out for you yeah so this was in in 2009 i come out I think I went directly to the coach and I was like, Hey, uh, I want to walk on the team. I, you know, I want to, I want to try out, see if I can make a team. And uh, this was in the spring 2009 and yeah, sure. You know, come out, whatever. Do you, you know, they, they don't really care. You know, they're like, who is this kid? Like, you know, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so did that. And uh, yeah, walking on to a D1 schools is uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, literally the toughest yeah, thing to do. That, huh? The chances of that are, yeah. Zero to none. Because most of these Zero. players are already recruited. Zero to none. Exactly. Yeah. The coach, like you said, coach already has in mind who he, who he wants to bring on. And, and that's what they're going to do. Um, and so, yeah. So, I, I, I trained with him all the spring. And right before the fall season, he calls me into his office. Uh coaches the uh, coaches uh, Tim Bombstick he's been there for years um he calls me in he's like hey Ronnie I'm not gonna need you for the fall season and he said like he said like something else after that but 
that was the only thing I heard, you know? And, like, after that, everything else just, like, I tuned everything out. And then once he was done talking, I was just like, all right, coach, thank you. You know, thanks for the, the opportunity. And got up and then just I walked out of his office. I walked out of the athletics department. And I was on my way to walking down the street on my way to to, to my apartment. And the first person I called was my brother. And I was like, hey, bro, um, I didn't make the team. And I started crying, bro. Um, and he's like, he's like, yo, why are you crying? And I'm like, because this – like this really hurt. Like it, it, this was this meant a lot to me, and this is this is something that I really wanted. And then he's like, "Dude, life moves on. You know, you got to figure out your next step. You got to figure out where you're gonna what what you're gonna do next." And and I'll never I'll never forget those words because you know everything every time I I, I struggle with something or you know something doesn't go the way. I wanted to. It's like I always remember those words, um, and so, and that's what I did. I ended up. I took a step down. Um, I ended up trying out for the club team. Um, so we had a Santa Barbara has a club team, a men's uh, soccer club team. So I tried out for that. I made the team, and that was that was a lot of fun. It wasn't as competitive as a D1 program, um, but it just. It just kept my fire. It kept my spark. It just um, kept me in the game. And so it was a lot of fun. We would travel. We would go up to Berkeley, play uh, UC Berkeley, go down to L.A., play UCLA, USC, go down to Orange County, play uh, Irvine. So it was it was cool in that sense, you know. Um, and I also, I also played adult league uh, in Santa Barbara while I was in college. And just yeah. going, going a step back when – when you walked out of that office and you called your brother immediately, you had the conversation and th- that's a good piece of advice, man. Life yeah. always moves on, whether it's in, in your favor or not. And, Life moves on, man. and literally there's no time to dwell. Like, yes, accept that you're hurt, you know, but at the same time, I always say like, nobody cares about your feelings except you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it, yeah. it's, it's hard to understand that. Mm-hmm. After that conversation with your brother, you know, you go back up to your, your apartment or your dorm room. What was going through your mind? Like, what would you say to yourself to, to make you feel better? Well, honestly, I had like, I had, uh, I, I mean, I can't remember for how long I was hurting, bro. But it was like, I did have this, it was like a phase where I had to like, kind of just gather myself again, you know, and figure out that next step. But yeah, I, I think it's been, again, through just my childhood and how I, I developed as a kid where it was like, well, you know, life wasn't easy and it's it's, it's not easy, you know? And so, yeah, it's just, it's it's been that, like, self-talk since I was a kid, I guess, that that just snapped me out of it and it was like, all right, what, well, now I got to figure out, okay, where I can play or, you know, because, again, I, I just love the game so much and, I have so much passion for that. Like, just even, like, just going out and playing pickup, I have so much fun, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, of course. Yeah. No. And yeah. That, that's good that, you know, even after you got cut from the team, mm-hmm. um, coach, coach told you that you were able to play club soccer. Like, obviously, it's not the same thing, but you were at least able to be in that, that like, team structure that is still good – 
football. It's good, good competition in a way. You know, it's better than doing nothing. I think. Uh, I agree. I did agree. you did you play club soccer the rest of your time at uh, UC Santa Barbara? So I played. Uh, I played three years there. Uh, my freshman, uh, freshman, sophomore, junior. So my first three years, and then my last two years, I, I just focused on uh, my academics. Uh, but I was still playing adult league. Um, but yeah, I stopped playing club. Cause I was I was doing uh, I wasn't doing so well academically, so I had to make sure that <laughs> I had to make sure that um, I pretty much got my school paid for through go- government because um, I you know I, I came from a, a low income family and so um, thankfully we live in a country that um, sees all that and, and helps out whenever they can you know so I wasn't uh, willing to to risk that you know that opportunity that I got in that sense. And, and so I had to focus on, on my academics and thankfully I got, I got it done. Um, I was there five years um, just because again, I struggled. So I had to stay an extra year, um, but I, I, I finished uh, the, the engineering degree. And then after you graduated, then you had the opportunity to play USL yeah. PDL. Yeah. And so, then, and then so, for Colorado switchbacks, right? Yeah. So they, yeah, between between all that though, there was uh, I, I, everything happened really quick. But it was just there's there's like a um, there's a story to to that as well. Did you so, after after college? Did you feel like you wanted to pursue the professional soccer career, or did you just like let's see what happens? Good question. So. So I graduated in June 2014, um, and after I graduated, I was debating whether I wanted to pursue engineering and do that for the rest of my life, pretty much, or or pursue my dream of of playing professionally. Um, so uh, when I was a kid, I would have dreams um, that I was playing professionally. I would have visions that I was playing professionally. So. When I was a kid, the two top strikers for Honduras were uh, Carlos Pavón Plumer and Tyson Núñez. And I'd be out on the street and I'd like imagine that I was them. Um, I, I'd use the sidewalk. Um, you know, like sometimes the sidewalks have those like cracks. Um, and then I'd use the, the, the address number on the sidewalk, the address number of the house. Um, I would use that as goal, as a goal, and I'd pretend like I was shooting a PK, like for like a like a win to win a game, you know. And then, <laughs> bro, it's crazy. Like as kids, you know, you just you just make things up, and your imagination is is endless. And um, yeah, that's what I would do. And so, it's crazy in the moment, you don't even realize you're just having fun. But now, as an adult, you look back at it, and those were the best years of your life, man. Best years, man. Best years. Um, yeah. It's crazy. And so, yeah, bro. And so after graduating, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to focus on football and, and, and pursue this dream. Um, it was pretty much now or never. Cause I graduated at, at I was 24 uh, when I graduated. So it was kind of like a now or never for me, you know? And so what I did is I, I contacted my club coach from the university. He was, he was still living in Santa Barbara at the time. And I was like, Hey, RJ, uh, I need your help. And he's like, sure. He's like, what can I help you with? I was like, I, I want to pursue uh, my dream of playing professionally. And uh, I was like, can you help me? And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, what, what, are, 
what do we got to do? So I was like, I want you to, I want you to help me train Monday through Friday, early in the mornings, and then, you know, I'll, I'll play in the evenings, pick up whatever, and in the on the weekends get some game get games in adult league and. So yeah, bro. Uh, we did that for about a month, and through one of my adult leagues, I got I got seen by the by the Ventura County Fusion head coach. He was uh his name's Rudy Ibarra. He was the head coach at the time, and so this was on a Sunday. So the way it happened was that he was also head coach of uh Santa Barbara club team U18 boys team. And we scrimmaged against his uh, his boys with the, with our adult league team, and so that's how he saw me, bro. And I was uh, I was playing striker at the time, and so yeah, after the game, he's like, hey, um, he's like, I'm I'm uh, I'm the head coach of the Ventura County Fusion, uh, which at the time was PDL, now it's under the USL League Two, and he's like, I want to bring you out, see how you fit in with the team, and I was like, super excited, bro. I was like, well nice you know i'd really appreciate that and so yeah um i drove out to ventura on that monday to train um it was like a 40 minute drive not too bad from santa barbara trained and then after training he's like hey uh tomorrow we have an exhibition match against uh, glasgow rangers from scotland uh premier team from scotland he's like you can dress out you can come out but i don't guarantee any playing time and i was like Coach, uh, you know, thank you so much for <laughs> for even just letting me come out and train with your team. And uh, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I'll see you tomorrow. And so Tuesday comes around. Um, you know, I'm in the locker room with all the guys. Like, I'm just like, I'm still like in shock. Like, you know, I'm like, damn, we were about to play a, a pro um, Scottish team. Like, I just, I couldn't believe it. And we started warming up. I started passing with some one of my teammates. Like, I don't even remember his name. Like, you know, um, I was just enjoying the, 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 the moment. And so, yeah, like the, the game comes around. I'm on the bench just enjoying watching. And um, minute 65 comes around, and Coach Rudy is like, Ronnie, get up, warm up. You, you're uh, you're going to come on. I was like, wait, me? He's like, yeah, 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 let's go, get up. <laughs> and so uh, I get up and and I just start warming up, like things that I knew, like, you know, just I, I don't even know if I was warming up properly, whatever. I was just like, all right. And so minute 70, I come on and I'm like trying to move, trying to trying to find spaces and to get on the ball. And which at the time I didn't I didn't even know, like, how to find space or like tactical <laughs> side of the game. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how to find space, how to create space. Like, you know, like those, again, those little details and nuances that no one told me when I was a kid. Um, and so I was just trying to like, just move bro. And like get on the ball and uh, three minutes later. So I hadn't touched the ball uh, minute 73, our left back uh, goes around their right winger because the right winger pressed them he goes around him and then he's like wide open dribbling down the middle and he plays a nice through ball in between their two center backs so I made a run in between their two center backs and he played it nice bro and I go 1v1 against the keeper I dribble around him and put it away and then just like that moment 
for me it was just like a huge confidence booster like huge like I was like I, again I I just couldn't believe what was happening I was like, I just scored against a, a pro team and um I mean looking back now those guys were in their preseason uh, doing preseason out in California and, and again like now I understand what they were going through um you know preseason for a pro team is just kind of like figuring out figuring things out and getting the right pieces together and um but at the time I was like I just scored against a pro team and you know huge confidence booster um that, that's such a good story and, and what stood out to me was you know the fact that you took that initial first step to reach mm. out to your club coach at UC Santa Barbara and, mm. and let him know like look I'm trying to play pro can you help me and, he, yeah. and then you started training Monday through Friday on top of playing in the evenings or on the weekend game time without even having an opportunity ready. You, yeah. had, you had nothing to train for, let's say, if we put it I, that way. For you, I, in your mind, you're like, I'm just going to train in case. And that's something I, that I, I feel like a lot of people listening to this podcast need to understand. Like, even yeah. if the opportunity is not present and in your face and, oh, like, by June, I need to be fit or whatever. Even if it's not there, you still need to be ready because you got to keep in mind that players are playing or training year round. Professional players are training and staying fit and sharp year round. Even when they're in their off season, they're still training. Yeah. I mean, not, not as rigorously as, uh, as, you know, as in season, but they're still training to stay sharp. But that stood out to me a lot because, look, mm. after going through all that, that led to you scoring against the Rangers. Which maybe, you know, in that time that you were training on a Tuesday morning, early in the morning, you had no idea what was going to happen in your future. Yeah. But yeah. That, no, that's a fantastic experience. And, you know, it's, a, it's a great to hear that you went through that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I agree. I am there 100%. And just like you said, like, just ha like not having something to really strive for, but just being, being ready for anything that, that would come, you know. So after your, your season with uh, Ventura County Fusion, mm -hmm. how did you make that jump to the, the switchbacks? What led you to, to sign your first pro contract? Yeah, so, so after that whole spell um, and that, uh, that moment, of, <laughs> moment of glory, uh, per se, um, I, I played for the Fusion for like three weeks. So uh, Coach Rudy you know, liked what he saw and he brought me on for playoffs. So I think we got knocked out in the second round playoffs. But yeah, I was on there for three weeks. So late July, we were done. And um, now I had to figure things out again. So um, I ended up moving back home to, to Costa Mesa, Orange County in California. And uh, I started working at it at a enterprise, the rental car company. Um, but I was still running. I was, again, I was like trying to be ready for anything, you know, playing adult league and, and running, training, doing ball work, whatever. Um, and working in the mornings, um, it was a nine to five pretty much. And I'd go train in the, in the evenings, but, uh, and these are the little things that happen behind closed doors. That obviously you're not going to let everybody know, like, oh, like, I'm working here, I'm working there. But, no. you know, you have to do it because there is a life outside of football. But yeah. at the same time, again, you're still staying ready. 
you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, and it's uh it's definitely a, a lot of a lot of sacrifice um that goes into it and 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 we can go into detail with that, but that's a lot too. <laughs> the sacrifice, the sacrificial part of it. Yeah, so sometime around September no, it was August actually. I get an email from from Fusion that same year, 2014. I get an email from the Fusion inviting inviting us for a combine, uh, a trial where there's going to be uh, like four to five USL coaches and they're going to be watching scouting players, right? And so I was like, man, this is it. You know, this is this is my shot. And so yeah, I signed up for it, paid my fee. I think it was like close to $200 fee. And the way I saw it was like, this, it's an investment, you know, this is, you know, I'm gonna, I'm investing in myself. So whether I sign a contract or I don't, you know, I gave it a shot. That was, that was my mentality behind all that. Um, and so uh, it was a two day, it was a two day trial, two day combine hosted by the Ventura County Fusion and, and, uh, I highly recommend their combines. They're very, very organized um, to anyone listening. And so, yeah, I go out. Um, Coach Rudy is there, obviously, because, you know, he's part of the staff. And so um, he puts me as a striker because that's that's how that's how he had seen me. That's, you know, that's the position that, that he that he knew me for. And so. We play. We play the first game. It was like halves of like thirty minutes. Um, there was four teams. You play like halves, uh, thirty minute halves, um, and then you rot. You rotate. You know, and like the first thirty minutes, like I was playing as a striker and, and I wasn't getting on the ball. Like I wasn't really doing anything. Um, so, um, I was like, "Hey, coach, um, can you put me at holding mid?" And he's like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, can can I?" play as a holding midfielder and then uh he's like wait you're a striker I was like uh yeah yeah but uh, I you know I, I, I don't know I, I just want to give this a shot and he's like all right all right cool and so yeah we uh he you know he puts me in that position and dude like I just I tore it up like I just started balling like I just it was like you know how like uh psychological um psychologists talk about like the the flow when you're in the zone you're not thinking you're just everything just boom boom and and that's how I felt and and after those two days um the after the after the combine was over I'm like man like I felt so good you know with my performance and and they gave us they gave us an opportunity to thank the coaches that were there and then and chat with them and ask questions at the end and so um I go around I, I I thank every every coach and and the last coach I, I come around um, is Steve Trichu, who was the, the previous coach here at Colorado Springs, uh, Switchbacks. And he was, like, asking me a lot of questions. Like, he was showing a lot of interest. And, yeah, man, at, at the end, he's like, hey, um, you're going to be hearing from me, in, you know, in about two days. And so just, just look out for that. And so uh, the combine was on a Saturday, Sunday. On the following Tuesday, I was at work. <laughs> I was at Enterprise, bro, on the on the computer, and I just kept checking my email, like on my phone, just like refreshing, 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 refreshing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was in this little tiny office, like with the computer there, and and um, and then yeah, finally I, I get the email, Steve Trichu, Colorado Springs Switchbacks, 
and uh there was the offer man he the the contract he had attached it and uh bro i was like no oh, way right, right off the bat yeah yeah he's like hey wow uh, he's like he's like yeah he's like it was it was really good to meet you i was really impressed with your performance um he's like he's like i want to i want to bring you on the team and and yeah uh, the first the first person i called was my brother and i was like hey man uh coach steve just sent over a, a contract and then he's like bro why are you calling me he's like sign it <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like why are you wasting your time calling me sign it <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was my that was my step, my opportunity into the professional world. Man, that that's awesome. That's awesome. It's this this is crazy to see how you don't even make the team at UC Santa Barbara, and yeah. then a, a few years later, boom, you're here signing your either that first professional contract, and it must have been like such a relief, you know. It's like finally you make it to what you've always wanted to do since you were a kid. And I can only imagine the feelings that and, and the thoughts that were going through your head when you refresh the email and oh, boom, there it is. It was. Oh man. Yeah, it was uh It's like again, you finally made it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just I couldn't it was like everything was surreal and and everything just happened so quickly, man, and, and unexpected really. Oh, and then just listening to everything that you said right now, it's just it's literally you preparing for opportunities that weren't set in stone yet that's what that's it was what, and that was in what year approximately 2015 yeah 2014 when i when i first signed yeah so i signed that uh i signed it in late 2014 and then we began the season in 2015 yeah so all the way from when you started college in 2009 right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 2015 that's six years Let's say mm-hmm. five and a half to six years of preparation. That's it. Mm. Yeah. And you know how many times I've seen players wanting to get everything in a few months? You know, it's 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 unrealistic. And yeah. And and that's that's the thing. Like you you lived your life. You did what you had to do. To, you know, to live. But at the yeah. same time, on the other side, you were preparing for the opportunity that you of being a professional player for what you wanted to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. And and now you know you're playing professionally. How is it now to live your dream? You've been playing for a few years now, and how does that how does that feel? Um, every every day. I mean, every day. Um, having the opportunity to try and master my skills, my just my mentality within the game, within football, is is a blessing. It's a huge, huge blessing, and. And when things uh, are not going the way I, I envision them, the way I'd like them to, um, and I'm not getting a lot of playing time, I just, I always try and and remind myself why I started playing in the first place. And that's because I, I love the game and I, and I, and I have fun every time I play. And um, as a kid, that's, that's the reason why, <laughs> why I started playing. And I, you know, I try and and remember that feeling that that I that I first got when I touched the ball with my foot, um, and that's that that just that sensation. Um, and yeah, man, it, every every day is a blessing. I it's 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 I can't I can't put it any other way. 
That's awesome, Ronnie. So just to wrap things up now, I always ask two questions to finish it. So the first question for you is, what is your definition of being a winner? My definition of being a winner? Oof, that's a good question. My definition of being a winner is doing what you can do, the things that you can control uh, while staying within the rules of whatever you're in to try and gain that advantage and, 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 and that win. Um, and, and when you don't, when you don't get that win, like learning, learning from it, learning like what, what went wrong, what you did wrong and how you're going to be able to, to get the win next time. Because, um, that's another beautiful thing about, life is that we we know we might lose one day two days but as long as we have that opportunity on that third day to to go at it again then then <laughs> then it's, just, it's it's a blessing but it's mainly just learning learning no i love i love that answer because i'm a big fan of of let's say losing i i mm. think that being a winner is learning to be a loser being, yeah. because if you learn how to be a loser and and learn from the mistakes and the downs that you have in your life if you take a step back in reality you're winning because you're learning and you're gaining value from that loss you yeah. know what i mean and then if you win and you get everything you want you know you obviously won but if you're able to view both things as as winning you've won you know what i mean yeah. my yeah. second question for you if you could give 13-year-old Ronnie advice, what would you, what would you tell him? 13-year-old Ronnie advice. <laughs> oh, man. I would tell him to be comfortable with, with the person you are, with your, uh, your uniqueness, your, your differences, um, and just, just be you, um, no matter what. Um, I think you, you said it right like no 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 one cares about your emotions no one cares you know if you fail if you you know but it's uh we we kind of as individuals we build our own reality right so what what is reality like you know we all have our own reality and so it's just being being comfortable with yourself and and your differences and and your 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 uniqueness, you know, and your ways of doing things and your your ways of thinking and just being comfortable with all that. Ronnie, I love it, man. Thank you for sharing your incredible story. Those experiences no were fantastic. Thank you for your time, guys. Again, thank you for listening. If you haven't already, you need to subscribe now. Remember, this is the Winner's Circle, a podcast where we dive deep into the mindset of professional players. Until next time, guys. Thank you.